1: You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the
0: Riotcast Network, riotcast.com.
1: Weird Medicine contains mature contents that uh, may be offended to some listeners. (laughs) What did they do wrong then? You know, your old house is like an oven.
0: I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose
1: I've got the leprosy of the heart valve Exacerbating my incredible woes I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave An ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave I want a magic pills for all my ailments The health equivalent to Citizen Kane And if I don't get it now in the tablet I think I'm doomed and I'll have to
0: go insane I want a requiem for my disease Dr. Steve
1: It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal Dr. Scott. The traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, uh, Dr. Steve. this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347 347- Seven six six four three two three. 4323, that's 347. If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. seven five four two two seven three six four seven. 754 227 3647. That's 754. Barely That's what I like there, Dr. Scott. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, at Dr. Scott WM, and uh, at Lady Diagnosis. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy, or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. So whenever anybody writes me and complains... Uh, that I didn't uh, say their specialty. I just throw it on the list. Who gives it? <laughs> Nobody cares. All right. Hey, um, <clears throat> I, I've talked on this show multiple times. Uh, there used to be two, now three, three podcasts that I never miss. Right. One is Voss and Bonnie's. My wife hates me mm-hmm. because it is it's obvious. It's just a shit show, and <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> And that Bonnie McFarland, their kid, did you you heard this story that Rich Voss told about their kid? She's now eleven. Okay, she's growing up with these two comedians, and both of them have you know really acerbic wit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bonnie McFarland particularly, she just likes to say shitty things for no reason, okay. and she get and she makes people mad doing oh. it. But you, if you get her, mm-hmm. and I don't understand how other comedians don't get it, mm-hmm. but she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this kid, Raina Voss, has picked up uh this you know, she's got a double dose of uh sense of humor genes. Okay. And uh you remember Tim Dillon, you met Tim. Mm-hmm. He came down and did a show for us for yes. ETN comedy. Uh, really brilliant comedian, up and coming, mm-hmm. uh, gonna be huge. His um uh the the crowd here loved him. Yes and uh so but you know he has an issue he likes to eat <laughs> and so Raina and bonnie were uh, apparently at the comedy center cellar doing something with tim and when um they left the um when they when they were leaving Raina turns around and says see you later fatso oh, to damn. tim gild <laughs> And and this 11-year-old girl, and when they get out to the the street, Bonnie says, look, he's my friend. I'm working with him. You have to be nicer to people. You have to be nice to him. (laughs) So the next day, they were back doing this thing. And when they were leaving, Raina turns to him and says, it was a pleasure to see you today, fatso. Oh, no. Oh, no. So that kid is somebody to watch. I love it when they're on the show. Well, anyway, so Voss and Bonnie is one. Michael Malice. Uh, Nightshade is another one. I listen to him every night when I'm uh, doing my ablutions uh, before I go to bed because he's on from 11 to 1130. And the third one is um, DC Onscreen. These two guys, Jason Goss and David C. Robertson, um, um, are uh, uh, do this podcast and for some reason, I love these guys. I've been on their show. They've been on our show. And I'm welcoming welcoming them back today. Hello, Jason and David. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for uh, having thanks. us. Yeah, it's um, – we, we, we've done this kind of bit in the past where Jason and David will ask me comic book-related uh, medical questions. And um, one of them uh, – were you guys going to ask me the one about the chiropractor in uh, – not Nanda Parabat. What's the name of that place uh, with the pit? Did they
0: From have the a What What's
1: the name? Uh, <laughs> what's the name? I of it? thought it was just Tunisia. Oh, OK. Was it Tunisia? Uh, Tunisia. I don't know. I, I thought it was no the idea. name of that place. But anyway, um, uh, I, I didn't know if we were going to talk about that today again, because I think I did that on your show, but I don't think I did it on my show. and I. I came up with, I think everyone needs to know. So. I do too. I think I really came up with an interesting answer for that. And I'd like to look smart on my own show. But sure. uh, so maybe we could get to that at some point today. But um, they do that. And then um, I just like to talk to them about uh, DC stuff, and they also have a Patreon. It's what patreon.com slash DC onscreen. Where they'll actually branch out and do uh, some Marvel things and other things. Uh, they have Jason's pick of the week, and uh, they did a review of uh, Endgame, which I found very entertaining, and uh, and I agreed with 100%. And uh, but anyway, it's great to have you guys on. I've got a bunch of questions for you about the DC Extended Universe and DC TV stuff, and uh, but let's you're the you're the guests. I'll let you guys go first. You want to hit him up? All right. I got some questions for you. Sure. Let me pull it back up. Okay. All
2: righty. So the first one, we'll start at the bottom of the list since it's the closest. Okay. Um, basically, if you've been watching Arrow recently.
1: I have not. Um, I gave up on Arrow about two seasons ago. I, I made it through half the Damien Dark season, and then I just kind of lost interest. Down the road, I'll get influenza again, and I'll be, you know, this is what happened <laughs> right. to me. I, I, I got influenza, and they forced me to be out of work for seven days, and I watched four seasons of Arrow, you know, in five days. Nice. So uh, that's how I got into it. And then I just my, my son really liked it, and he went a little farther than I did, but I kind of lost interest. So I, I, I don't know what's going on now
0: well you're well, you're about halfway right, I feel like because uh, every uh, every half season I'll go like oh we were completely wrong this is amazing and then like the next <laughs> half season will come out I'm like this is absolute garbage what are we doing <laughs> <Right>. here
2: yeah <laughs> it, the, the show fluctuates between dumpster fire and you know masterpiece uh, very quickly yeah. it's it's really hard to predict yeah I mean like it'll be killing it for episode after episode and like eight eight in a row where you just nailed it and then three where I could not
1: possibly care yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I totally get it. Well, anyway, but what's your question about this this season's arrow? Might begin, it might get me into well, it. Uh, I don't know
2: if this particular scene will. I mean, there, there's uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's some fine points coming up,
1: and you'll have a chance to wrap it up in general because the show is
2: going to wrap up after uh, a short run next uh, next season.
1: Oh, is so, that? Right? Yeah, they have
0: ten episodes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now, I like shows that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So that might actually get me back into it. It does have an end, but it's also
2: on the CW and uh, superhero shows there. It's like cutting off the head of a hydra. Two more are coming after it. So <laughs> this yeah. is
1: not the end by any stretch. Probably. And they don't really they literally kill it. Some of them really kind of don't end. They do more like my. Well, this is grotesque, but sort of more like my, um, you know, when I when I was a kid, And I would ejaculate. I could shoot across the room. I remember one time I was having sex with a woman, and, uh, you know, I saw sort of a, um, it's um, something like Mary thing happened where she had some of my ejaculate in her hair. That's how far I ejaculated, and now it just kind of goes. That is impressive. And now it just kind of goes. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> the best sound. there's Muh. just spills into existence. And some of these CW shows, that's kind of how their finales are just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, we, we we fear the worst for it, but it particularly in Gotham. Well. Gotham, wow. we'll talk about that too. But I, I, yeah, that, I digress. That, yeah, that. There was a lot going on with that one. Um, <laughs> question: I hate to go straight from ejaculate to what I'm about I'm to sorry, describe. I'm sorry. But... I'm sorry. I just I have this weird circuit in my head that gives me these strange sort of juxtapositions, and and about then I have to and then I have to say the strange that's all right. anyway, go ahead.
2: Uh, so it's it's uh, Dino Lance, um, Black Canary. Yes. You now she's got Canary Cry in the show. She's that's she's Wait, the I, full version. I thought it was Laurel Lance. Well, what? Oh, there's a, many a Canary. Okay. Many a Canary have been. Uh, we're uh, on one now that has the actual canary cry. Who the hell is Dinah on the show, though? You've not seen her yet, if you stop in. Okay, all right. But she is a Lance, Lance though.
0: She's, she's, a, a, is, she's a proper Lance, uh, so but, but she's not, not one of our... Yeah, she's not related to anyone. Right. <laughs> okay, but okay, <laughs> whatever. Okay, it's stupid. It's but, stupid. Hey, we are. We've. They've already established Dinah Lance as being Laurel and Sarah's mother. But then they. No. They. They just haven't even brought her back in. Oh like, my Bring God. back Alex Kingston. But whatever. Okay. So anyway, it's Dinah Lance, who is the Dinah who is the black
1: canary in the comics that right. I've read. Okay. If you so. had never watched an episode and you sat down and watched this, you
2: would think that they'd established her from day one gotcha. because she's, she fits the, the, the mold, uh, most, now I guess the most. Okay. So a few episodes ago, someone just straight up slits her throat. Okay. You see why I didn't want to go from ejaculate to that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, bleeding out, they find her in time, uh, my problem, my my real problem is like three weeks later, she's lost her canary cry. Now she's got it, but it's like real super weak. It's just basically gone. But my problem is like three weeks later,
1: she's back at work, and right. I, I I'm just like, any any chance, any chance? This is the kind of shit that drives me crazy as a physician, and I'll tell you why. Um, and and, and this will come around to what what um, what you're asking me about. Uh, If you have an 18-year-old basketball player and they die tragically and we do CPR on them, uh, the odds that 18-year-old basketball player in the prime of their life is going to survive is about 15 percent. We're no good at bringing people back from the brink of death, right, or from death itself. Uh, But – Uh, Our patients think we're a lot better at this than we are. And you know why? Because if uh, they did a study on this recently, that if you have a cardiac arrest on a TV show or a movie, it's 76 percent chance that you will survive and not only survive, but run around the rest of the movie. If you ever seen that movie, The Abyss, which I know you guys have, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they're uh, they're in one submarine and they got to get to the other submarine, but they only have one suit and so mm-hmm. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio says, just take me over to the other side. I will die, but then resuscitate me on the other side. And it's what they do. They, it's a brilliant plot device. They get her over there. Uh, you know, Ed Harris is, you know, doing CPR and mouth to mouth and pounding on her chest and going, breathe, damn you. And all of a sudden she goes, <laughs> you know, pap, 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 and spits out a bunch of water. And then she's running away from aliens the rest of the movie. It does not work that way. And See, I've heard, though. For
2: the same reason, I saw a study where uh, there's a drastic difference in the percentage of people who go yes on the DNR
1: from doctors
2: to civilians.
1: No, that's right. That's right, and that's why doctors
2: basically said no. If I'm gone, just leave it. Doctors leave it,
1: leave me. doctors see the futility of this, and um, patients see what they see on TV and movies. Where else are they going to see it? They're not in the hospital every day, so this is yeah. the kind of thing. Now, this is complete and utter horseshit. You know, if they now if you slit somebody's throat in a very precise way, you could um, there. There's this cricothyroid cartilage. You know, there's cricoid cartilage and the thyroid cartilage. If you feel your uh, Adam's apple, that's why I sound weird because I'm feeling mine. But there's a place between those two, and you can, if someone has um, an occluded airway. You can stick a, um, a a little pen knife in, in between those two cartilages and open up mm-hmm. a hole. You can stick in a you know a pen even or a, a, a bunch of straws or whatever anything to hold it open. And you can do what's called a cricothyrotomy on them, and you can save their life. This is one thing that um, you know that we learn in uh, trauma life support. If you do that and you pull that, it'll heal up in a matter of weeks to months and they'll actually be OK. So if someone did a very precise uh, slitting of Laurel's throat or of Dinah's throat, then, yes, she could come back. And, yes, it could, you know, screw up her uh, vocal cords to the mm-hmm. point where she couldn't do the scream anymore. But anything you know when they do it in tv shows they go from left to right you know they do the old jack the ripper on them and when you do that yeah, that was how
2: this went yeah, yeah. you're cutting jugular, jugular, jugular vein
1: carotid you're cutting carotid arteries yeah. on both sides it's gonna go real quick then uh w- without microsurgery you're gonna die from that right. so yeah that's bullshit but yes the, you could slit somebody's throat in a very precise way that that would be right but that's not the way they do it on tv yeah, as far as how the, how
2: the scene uh, continued, uh, she's found by a group of vigilantes who take her to a night nurse. Yes, uh, that, that like an overnight shift lady. Yep, yeah. Um, and she somehow makes it. So yeah, that bitch is dead, right? Right. Yeah, she's dead. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, thank, thankfully for TV, we dead, still have Canary. She gone or dead or at best. I mean, if they were really incompetent and just did a very shallow. Cut, then of course nothing would happen if they just cut the skin, but that's again not what they were portraying on that show, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was bleeding out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of
2: blood. Yeah, which was for the CW kind of uh, I'm kind of surprised they got it across that scene in general. They don't like to show blood in certain situations, it's that's um, well, but hell, Arrow,
1: you know, the first season he was just flat out killing people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved Just that though. It was like parkouring
0: damn. and snapping necks, man. Yeah, yeah. and was... he
1: he goes back to that every now and then. That's yeah. not completely out of the show. It's, <laughs> it's hard to predict.
2: Um, all right, let me get you the next one. Okay. Um, let's go into the. Let's go into my question. This is a pet peeve I've been wondering about for a while. Um, so the way I see it, uh, the human race has evolved in certain ways, but one of them is we evolved fiction. So back at, at, at some point in our evolution, at some point there was a – the only story you knew was your own story. Yeah. And it involved other people, and then at some point it involved uh, maybe a religion or an, an over-encompassing story, but it was still really just your story. And then we started telling other stories, and myths happened, and legends happened, and yep. eventually just actual narrative fiction happens. Yep. We're at a point now where I'll bet you watch probably at least 25 shows. Yep. Um, Average person. I bet you listen to probably at least a dozen podcasts. Uh, maybe you've got four or five books, or like myself, you've got eight different books with bookmarks in them. Yeah. Um, depending on the mood you're in, and I started to wonder, you know, with all these fractured stories in our line, in our in our minds, what, what, if is there any cognitive dissonance you think might have you ever run across anything that would indicate this is actually maybe
1: bad for us or yeah, something we weren't we weren't prepared for? Um, I did a course on the history of fiction, and apparently back in the day, and I'm talking about Middle Ages. If it was published in a book, people thought it was real. Just didn't like ma- it is, if it's on the internet now. It didn't matter. Right, it's that, on the internet. That's it, a damn good point, Doctor Scott. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one of these. Give yep. yourself a bill. Yep. Um, uh, and when, if you remember, um, the the Great Train Robbery film, it was a silent movie, and at the end, the guy pointed a gun at the uh, camera and pulled the trigger, and everybody in the theater ducked. Now, if you see this now, you're laughing. <laughs> Um, If you show a photograph to uh, someone in uh, like uh, an Aboriginal in, I don't know where it is, Papua New Guinea or one of those places where they don't ever see people... And yeah. they showed them a photograph. In some uh, Siberian places that yeah, or they've never are seen actually it. still isolated. They've never seen anything. And they will show them a photograph of themselves, and they won't know what it is. It just looks like blobs. But if you have one of those um, uh, things with a little lenticular screen that'll move, or you show them a moving picture, uh, uh, they'll get it. And then all of a sudden, it coalesces in their brain, and now they can see a picture and see it for what it is. So. Yeah, The idea of representation suddenly makes sense. Yes, that's right. So there is some plasticity to our brain. And, uh, uh, you know, if you took you and me and never exposed us to some of these things, we would be the same way. And uh, so as far as how it affects us, dude, I have no idea. There are studies that show that people who are addicted to their screens, it is doing them some palpable harm. And there's actually changes in the structure of the brain. Down the road, it actually might be a good thing, but it, it doesn't um, drive our evolution in any way in the sense that it doesn't actually change the structure of the brain in um, in generations to come unless we start selecting um, our offspring or our sexual partners based on some factor that has something to do with this. And then mm. now you'll have structures down the road that that may change over time. But other than that, um, I, you know, I think that's an impossible question to answer, but it's very interesting. And you know, hypothetically,
2: though, yep. someone who is too involved in story time yep.
1: is less likely to get laid. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you remember the first time you and I talked, uh, you had a baby. And I said, oh, well, you're the one who's actually had sex, you know, of the two of you. Now David's got a baby, so we know he's had intercourse at least once.
0: No, I don't have a baby. Oh, you don't? I thought you just had a... Oh. I have a a wife. I'm married.
1: Oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) 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 But But he has copulated. We've talked about it. Yeah, but... Okay, well, that's good. Okay, I'm glad. (laughs) Um, But you're right. Yeah. If you're so uh, involved in uh, the screen that you don't have time or the inclination to have intercourse, you're not going to pass those genes down. That's probably a good thing. So
2: that's yeah, it's possible. Yeah.
1: So you're betting on gray matter, though.
2: Yes. You you think there's enough plasticity that we can we can overcome this little.
1: Yes, I think so. I think so. Did you guys ever read um, Stranger in a Strange Land? Yes. No. Okay. Well, David knows. Um, In that book, the Martian language would actually change the structure of the brain. And if you learned, you could actually manipulate the environment around you so the people that understood Martian could um, make things float or make things disappear or bigger and smaller and stuff like that. And it was just purely from learning this language because it changed, um, uh, you know, as I said, the structure of their brain. I was trying to learn the Czech language, uh, and it is the most effed up language I've ever seen. It's one of those <laughs> Indo-European languages where uh, even the mm-hmm. nouns change depending on whether you're talking, uh, whether it's the subject or the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, or the object of the sentence, um, or if... Um, uh, you're if it you're taking action on it or it, <coughs> excuse me don't die <coughs> i'm dying um damn hang on i'll cut this part up i would help but i don't know what the fuck y'all are talking <coughs> oh, <about>. fucking allergies <coughs> mm. yeah only the people hear, hearing this live are gonna have to hear this cluster hang on just a second sorry boys
2: it's okay i have time to grab a drink
0: <laughs> you selfish bastard. <laughs> oh, well that hadn't happened in a while. Um what?
1: <clears throat> so, um yeah, this this language the nouns change depending on whether the the noun is the subject or object of a sentence, whether you're doing action on the noun or the action is being done by the noun. And uh I could tell my brain wasn't plastic enough to get this now if i had been born in the czech republic i would be doing it automatically
2: or if you were still eight years old
1: or if i yeah yeah maybe even younger than that though you know if you have an infant and you speak six languages to them they'll compartmentalize all six languages they'll never speak german to the spanish speaker and they can just absorb them uh, effortlessly. <clears throat> Whereas uh, you and I, I mean, at least for me, it's very difficult for me to pick up a new concept like that.
2: Okay, that's awesome. I'm going to start speaking to my daughter exclusively in Spanish.
1: <laughs> well, you—you you, you, uh, are you fluent in Spanish? No, I'm intermediate. But... Okay. No, you should. You should. You could pick a day of the week. I have friends. This has nothing to do with what you asked me, by the way, but it's just interesting. I have friends who are from uh, Bangalore. Okay, so it's southern India, <clears throat> and they speak a language called Kannada. They also speak Hindi, and their kids uh, can understand it, but they won't speak to them. So their kids really aren't bilingual. And I said, you know, the you all, all you have to do, if you know, if I, if you came to this country, just speak your language to your kids. They'll pick up English from TV, radio, their friends and from school, and they'll be native English speakers. But if you want them to be bilingual, don't let them stop their feet and refuse to answer you in your language, you know. Just just ignore them if they speak uh, English to you. But it's too late now. Their kids are 15 and 16, and they really don't speak their language. But, yeah, Hmm. how old is your baby now? Uh, Just turned six months today. Well, there you go. Uh, You could pick Tuesdays and just speak Spanish to her. And uh, awesome. and and she would pick that stuff up really quickly. Or you could get a Spanish nanny. Here's an, an, another kind of cool thing. I have a friend who uh, moved to China. She had a daughter uh, that was born in China, and uh, when she was two, she took her to preschool. Maybe she was three, and she said, "This kid doesn't doesn't speak. Uh, I, I I think she may have, be developmentally delayed because all she does is babble." When she went to pick the kid up that evening, they said, oh, no, she speaks just fine. She's babbling, yes, but she's babbling in Chinese. Mm-hmm. And my friend <laughs> didn't speak Chinese, you know, fluently enough to be able to understand what she was saying. And what it was was they had a Chinese, you know, all pair that was uh, living in the house with them. And she spent all the time with this kid. And the kid had just effortlessly picked up Chinese and still speaks Chinese. It was crazy. Wow. That is awesome. No, so, anyway. All right, i it, in other words, can you tell I have no answer for you on that one? I had to, <laughs> I had to divert <laughs> I didn't think that one would, like that
2: to me that to me that one's a series of studies, but um yeah all right we'll get, we'll give you some one that's just more speculative okay. uh, humans at this very moment, do you have anything that do we have anything going on because we're pretty cool? Yeah uh, anything you would consider a legit superpower, like something you think we could that if we didn't have it, we would be writing about it in comic
1: books. Um, okay, so I've thought a lot about this. Uh, humans, you know, live on a bill curve. There are people that are way far to the right, you know, way far beyond two standard deviations of the mean. Um, mm-hmm. There was a guy in my class that you could give him two numbers between 500 and 600, and he could square them faster in his head than you could do it on a calculator. So you'd say five twenty-seven and you'd go one you know one thousand one hundred you know one hundred and eleven thousand five hundred twenty six before you could ever even put the numbers in. <laughs> that's yeah, sort that's of scary. a superpower, but what use is it? I think of superpowers as being things you can fight crime or fight aliens with. So, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. so otherwise seems <laughs> to be a bit flashy. Who cares otherwise? You know, and if you think about it, uh superman didn't have just one superpower the flash no, he's just set the yeah. flash has you know he's fast and he's you know one with the speed force but he also has to have super healing and if he's going to run at the speed of light his skin at when he's doing that has to be able to withstand you know almost infinite friction right so that he mm-hmm. doesn't burn up so it's not just one superpower he's got other things and he's so many ways you can apply his speed that now he can do phasing and all this other exactly. stuff. Exactly
0: right. Well, yeah, to be fair he... about his skin, they do give him a frictionless suit.
1: Yes, yeah. but he has. They exposed... do science fiction that. That's true, but he has exposed skin though too. It doesn't cover his whole he body. He does. They they kind of say that the Speed Force kind of wraps him up in a little bubble while he's using it. It's, okay, it's, it's a bit vague, but yeah, there you go. Uh, I saw (laughs) I think Brian Michael Bendis, I think, came up with a way that uh, Johnny Storm uh, could uh, be um, the human torch, that he had pores that would actually exude uh, gas and somehow he would ignite it. And uh, so he could float around, uh, you know, with this gaseous, um, you know, flammable gas somehow. It doesn't really make sense if you think about what Johnny Storm actually does. But uh there there are people that really far exceed the our abilities and one of those are people that um uh don't have um uh the protein myostatin. <clears throat> this protein myostatin inhibits muscle growth. And people or animals that have this deficiency have larger muscles, very little body fat, and they have inherent super strength. So this is the sort of David uh what was his name in uh, Unbreakable, David uh Drake? No, that's not right uh, it's been the, too long, david but... dunn done david dunn thank you uh, might have had knew we could count on dave uh, m- might have had a uh, myostatin deficiency and there is a guy that uh is impervious to cold and not only impervious to cold but he <clears throat> in that you know he can tolerate it but he actually can run on frozen tundra and doesn't get frostbite yeah, I've seen him. He can raise
2: his body temperature at will. Yeah, that guy bit. is,
1: yes, he can. And they put him in this in the uh, laboratory and watched him do it. And uh, that is a medical mystery. Uh, again, probably some genetic uh, change where he's able to uh, mobilize uh, fat, burning fat to increase his body temperature. But nobody understands uh, that guy yet.
0: You know, no, if you're married, you're right. that's a superpower.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I mean, but, uh, but the way true. you defined it, it's... That may technically be a superpower,
1: but who the hell cares? I can't write a book about it. Right. He could fight, you know, criminals Freezer I, burn. in the nude in, in uh, the Arctic, I guess. But the, you yeah, know, in that
0: isolated it... environment. <laughs> how does that help anything? So um, that, I, I really want to write that character now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marriage and and I'm serious. He's never, he has, the wor- he has the best marriage ever because he's never fighting about the thermostat. That's right. Right. He yes. can regulate his temperature. Yeah. He'd be all the therapists.
1: So he would be He's a so superhero to, be to his wife, just like David said. That's exactly right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in
2: Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a
1: trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: There's a, Mary Lou Henner is, a, is an example of someone that has a hyper, oh yeah, perfect memory. hyper photographic memory. But you know what's interesting? So you can tell her uh, that uh, any date. As long as it was a time when she was alive, she can tell you what day it was and what happened on that day. And she's got this diary and stuff, and she can uh, quote uh, certain um, um, uh, newspaper headlines and things like that. But what's interesting is the psychologists say this is a super form of super narcissism because it's all stuff relating to her. So as long as it's mm-hmm. related to her, she can remember it with this crazy eidetic uh, type of memory. If it's related to anything else, she's got no clue. So, yeah,
0: it's kind of like
1: that she was trying to remember as many digits of pi as
2: possible, but you'd, you'd go 3.14159, I think it was, but you'd, you'd go down that same line the entire time. And somebody suggested, no, what she's doing is she's reliving her life over and over again, every second and remembering it better because she's that narcissistic.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's called hyperthymesia, and it allows her to pinpoint the smallest details of her life on any given day. Now, if you want to read a book about a guy that had an insane memory, read uh, Mind of a Mnemonist. And if you're looking Hmm. it up, remember, Mnemonist starts with a silent M (laughs) for the people who are out there listening. And this guy could remember um, huge lists of things that a psychologist gave him that maybe 10, 20 years later. And uh, they could be lists of 100 objects long. And I remember one time uh, he forgot a candy cane or something. And they said, why did you skip? He he got 99 out of 100 10 years later. And um, he said, oh, the candy cane. Now I know why I forgot that because when I was walking by, I leaned it against a brick wall, and when I walked by, I didn't see it. It was camouflaged. And that kind of gave some insight into how his brain worked. <laughs> Isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? That's a superpower. <laughs> that little piece of the brain palace didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a superpower, but what the hell would you do with it? You know, you, you... Right, Well, I mean, I guess you could write Sherlock. Yes. But we've kind of done that, though. Yeah, that's right. That's about it. So anyway, but okay. so oh. yes, there are people that have... Uh, what we would consider sort of extreme abilities now are they superpowers not not anything interesting enough for me to to uh to um you know um, make a super team out of them <clears throat> speaking of super teams you guys are fans of doom patrol we need to get the word out about this show oh yes drop everything you're doing
0: it's fantastic it is uh, fantastic
2: if, if you were looking for a reason to sign up for DC universe and uh I, I think they will eventually bounce a lot of their shows out to Netflix and yeah, uh, internationally. They so need to So if you to can't eventually. get DC Universe right now, you will be able to see these shows eventually. But if you're looking for a reason, man, not only are they going to every comic for the last 80 years is about to be uh, – they're going to slowly
1: add them onto the service. But yep. Doom Patrol and Titans alone, they're masterpieces. Yeah. Yeah, it it really mm-hmm. is. My kids watch Titans with me, and now they're watching Doom Patrol. And my wife has been asking about Doom. I'm going to watch it all over again. I'm going to start from the beginning and watch it with her. Because I really think she's going to enjoy it. She liked Umbrella Academy a lot. And I think Doom Patrol is a lot deeper psychologically. For people who don't know, this is... um, You guys could probably explain it better than me. But the thing I like about it is it shows the psychological trauma of the shit that people go through if they actually had superpowers. I mean, these people Mm -hmm. are psychologically damaged. And I think most people if they went through what they're going through instead of going hey, hey let's put on a suit and go solve crimes they would be like that you know yeah, they're an absolute wreck very psychologically <laughs> yeah. damaging oh yeah and they explore it in, in depth i mean it it, it not only it, it's
2: kind of centered in some ways some episodes around uh, crazy jane who's 64 different personalities controlled 64 different differently empowered super <laughs> right. superpower uh, right. personalities all controlled by one non-powered Jane. Right, and she's and, hot um, as hell too. Oh, gorgeous! And, and and I don't know how she keeps track of how she's playing all of the different versions of herself. Yeah. I mean, she's only doing you know a dozen or so right now. We haven't seen the whole canon, but the but that alone, like it, just her exploring herself, would have been by itself a, this huge exploration of uh, of the the human mind. But then yeah. you you all the other characters are exploring something entirely different. It's it's
1: yeah. That's fantastic. If you watched and enjoyed Tatiana Maslany's uh, portrayal uh, on uh, Black Orchid, was it Black Orchid? It is Black Orchid, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, then you'll love this because she only did, and, and it was brilliant, uh, five or six different uh, iterations of herself. Uh, this woman is and will end up doing sixty four over this series. You know they they've got they can mine this thing forever. You know and just come up with yeah. other cool things. Uh, there's so. plenty to do. <clears throat>
0: yeah, and Diane it, Guerrero I... is very very good. She actually just recently did um, the uh, the the Jessica Cruz character in Justice League versus the Fatal Five. and she did a fantastic mm-hmm. job there. And just uh, I mean it was an animated feature, but she doesn't sound like Crazy Jane at yeah.
1: all.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Hmm. And that was an animated feature where uh, I would never show that to a kid. I mean, at minimum eleven years old for me, just a ballpark, but still, yeah. it was they did a great exploration of uh, like in the first few minutes, her and her friends are, are attacked on a camping trip, and she watches her friends get executed. Wow. wow. And, that, that was a, this is an animated film. Yeah. And then they <laughs> mm-hmm. the first thing that she does is she she wakes. they show her waking up and and um in her bed alone, and she does the, the little mantra, like, every day I'm getting better in every way. I think it's uh, the, the the old therapist phrase. Yeah. And she says it, and she sits at the end of her bed, and you just see her say, bullshit. When
1: is DC going to translate um, the real successes they've had on the small screen to, and, and I'm not, look, I'm not minimal. I'm one of the few that love BVS. I loved it. I, I particularly oh, yeah, the, we adore it. The, um, the, uh, you know, the ultimate edition or whatever. Right. Um, I, I thought that fixed all the problems with the theatrical edition. I like to think of it as the unmitigated edition. Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Very good. Very good. Um, I would, but the depth of characterization, of course, having that long form, being able to do it over 13 episodes makes a difference. But I would like to see some of that translated to the big screen because i think so many people have just gone oh dc you know they they've lost they've lost it or they've never had it or whatever and it pisses me off because the dc characters are characters i grew up with and loved my whole life uh and uh you know i started off reading batman in on the funny papers you know they used to there used to be a right. sunday funnies version of batman yeah. an actual comics version yeah and uh, I, I would really like to see them somehow be able to merge this because I, I'm seeing Marvel is getting ready to do this. I think their new TV things on the Disney Plus are going to be more akin to what they're doing in the MCU. And uh, I, I'd really like to see the DC, uh, the DC thing uh, succeed for everybody.
2: Yeah, me in, too. In numbers,
1: I mean, as far as it sells, it has. Yeah,
2: right. It's excelled. It's it's done mm-hmm. better over six movies than Marvel did. I, I agree. I totally agree. Totally so, agree. And I, I loathe comparisons, so I'm only doing this for, uh, for the reason that I, it, it's the only scientific way I can do it. I do too, because I love everything. You know. Right. So I, I only compare it to say that financially, they're doing fine. It's just the uh, there was a, a wave of critical backlash, and I, and I think it's because um, it's we, they kind of started with Superman. I mean, they started with the guy who started everything. Yep. We all love these characters. 80 years worth of Ah, uh, these stories. There's all. There's a version we love. There's a version we're attached to. There's a version we didn't like. There's a couple years where he had bad hair or something. Like, <laughs> like there's something. Yeah, right. But, but they kind of started with the big three over in DC, and I think that polarized it just by the very nature of us already being attached to these characters. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Look, Marvel you... did a very smart thing, starting with B-listers.
0: Well, there's all, and they're about. They didn't to, have, have a choice. To, they're about to have to find uh, their way through the same murkiness. Because every critic who craps on these versions of, of Superman and Batman, they're either old people who are really down with Christopher Reeve, and that's their version of Superman, yeah. or they're really down with Adam West or Michael Keaton, yeah, whoever, and they don't want to accept anything else, yeah. um, or they're millennials who are so hard-lined Marvel fans because they were like, what, 10, 15 when, oh, yeah. when Iron he Man came out? were raised on yeah. It. And they're like, oh, they're just trying to copy what Marvel's doing. Yep. Well, no, sweetie. Let's go back and look at these stories right. in the comic books. Most of these things came from DC first. Oh, yes, they did. And Deadpool is a great example of that.
1: Absolutely. He yeah. was a complete and utter ripoff. I mean, his name even rhymes with Wade Wilson. If People don't know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I it's mean, a real Slade thing. Wilson, you know. Um and that's fine. They did it all the time. Like these the the writers changed hands
2: themselves. They would they would just get bored writing a series and DC would call and they go, Hey, you want to write this guy for a while? And they go, Hell yeah. Yeah. And then they'd yeah. be back at Marvel five years later and no one cared. There wasn't they didn't have camps. Right. Like we invented these camps and we're imprisoning ourselves within these camps. Yeah. This is all made up by the fans.
1: I love everything. Yeah. I like Black Horse, DC, Marvel, IDW, all of those things. So you know, oh, yeah. I just want everybody mm-hmm. to succeed. I just want good stuff out there.
0: Yeah, but we know when Marvel gets into recasting of some of the bigger stars, it's gonna start again, isn't it? It's gonna start with the Marvel people. We're like, well, he's not as good as insert here. Right. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, buddy. How <laughs> you feel me? There's the passage of time. Sorry.
1: <laughs> really is true. There won't be anybody that's as good as Robert Downey Jr. And so I understand the people that say, well, there'll never be anybody as good as uh, Michael Keaton as
0: Batman. I, mm-hmm.
1: I, I I do get that, and you're right. That's gonna happen.
0: And we'll yeah. see it before that happens with the casting, the recasting of of Wolverine.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. That one's going to be big, and yeah. they're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah, he's too popular a character for them not to have him in the movies.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And he's also—Hugh Jackman can't do that forever. Yeah. They and can't build the next 10 years around Hugh Jackman. Yeah.
0: And we've already seen it with uh, Tom Holland. There are rabid, rabid fans out there screaming, Tom Holland is shit. Like, he's yeah. not as good as Tobey Maguire. Oh, I, didn't, I, always, I never liked Tobey Maguire in that role
1: i thought those well, it, my problem wasn't with toby it and was both with of sam those people raimi beat you if you mentioned andrew garfield yeah yeah i liked mm-hmm. i liked andrew garfield particularly the first one and uh, we're getting real kind of big kev's geek stuff in 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 this right now so we gotta get back to some medical That's stuff but, but um it's uh and, and i don't mean hey big kev i don't mean that in a bad way i just you know we're uh get you know we're going kind of deep but um I, I loved the first Andrew Garfield movie, and uh, I didn't like the first three Spider-Man movies. It was it more had to do with I've never been a huge fan of Sam Raimi's storytelling style. love Evil Dead, love um, Army of Darkness, but I just um, I think that um, these guys, the more modern versions, have done better storytelling, except for, of course, mm-hmm. Electro. It's, I, I really didn't want it not like that movie but when you've got Gwen Stacy saying I'm the only one that can turn off the power and then there's just a big red knob that says power yep. Yeah. how is she the only one that could push that red knob yeah it was that was hard to deal with but anyway
2: and the the first three movies that every time I think about it I'm just like no you can't drown a son in a lake sorry that's yeah. not how that works
0: that's always what my hang up is everyone every always time. talks about Spider-Man 2 is the best no
2: no. Mm-hmm. Nope. Can't be on Sun a Lake. No. Not right.
0: happening. No. No, I didn't have a problem with Tobey Maguire. I had a problem with the fact that Spider-Man didn't make jokes in those movies. Yeah. He was too busy crying. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, love Tom, don't understand. I love Tom Holland. I love this version of it. I love that he yeah. was in the MCU. It's so cool sitting him, seeing him sit there with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, looking up to him as a mentor and stuff. I just love every minute of that.
2: Yep, yeah, love it. I mean, the fact that he's as quippy and uh, the fact that they made
1: him as powerful as as they have him yes. right now are, are nailed it. Yeah, nailed yep. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he almost had that damn gauntlet off of Thanos' hand. Oh, he damn near did. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, do you guys have any other medical questions? Uh, I got two more. Got okay, two more okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, ones.
2: Kind of what we were talking about before. Um, this one's about Superman. So there's a book that I did on our. Uh, I do I review books on our Patreon uh, feed, and one of the books i have been reviewing is An Enemy of a Metahuman. Okay. Uh, yes. It's fantastic and it's gorgeous. So it goes through each, each uh, you know one of the characters it pulls, and it kind of gives this, uh, the 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 framing device is Batman is writing about all of the people in his life and what he would do and what he thinks, what he thinks they can do and like how they do it, basically, like, right. how he can further Ooh, I like his that. fight against crime by so,
1: using their power. So it's written from Batman's uh, point of view. Right. Uh, OK, it's because it's literally we, written. We all know the the that the Cat first guy. thing he does when he meets a new metahuman is figure out how he can neutralize them. Exactly. In case they and go bad.
2: Some of these are like Killer Crocs in there. You know, he didn't get Killer Crocs permission. This is just him speculating <laughs> and. and you know, using blood from a crime scene where he beat his ass and shit like that. Please
1: send me a link <laughs> to this. I have to read this book.
0: This oh, sounds it's, great. It,
2: it's gorgeous. It's yeah. wonderful. Uh, the first first one though is he talks about uh, yeah Clark Clark agreed uh, to to let me analyze him because he he understands the the usefulness of this and specifically it's, he says like yeah Clark understands how dangerous it could be if someone got a hold of him so he wants me yeah. to be able to take him down.
1: Sure, well he could get hit with some red kryptonite and the, yeah and they would need to calm him down for a while probably happened dozens of times of course <laughs> um oh by I the way let me see how deep you years. guys are do you know what white kryptonite does
0: oh, oh i used to
1: you got us i i oh.
0: used to have i used to have a whole list in my head that i, I could remember too. it in, uh, so young and i
1: hope i'm not misremembering this you might want to look it up but uh, dr scott has not participated in this conversation look up white kryptonite dr scott i believe it kills vegetation nice and uh Blue, Here, I'll give you the uh, blue kryptonite did, uh, didn't do anything. Of course, gold kryptonite robbed him of his powers forever. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then red Remember kryptonite would have, uh, you know, uh, uh, random effects on him. Kills. Plant life. Is that right? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. All right. But anyway, okay. So,
2: so uh, recently, by the way, you should look it up. Scott Snyder, who's. Uh, <clears throat> He's any, running DC now. Um is he any I mean, relation? Oh, no. it would be kind of neat, but in a way it would probably be deleterious if he was. Yeah. Um he uh he's he's rewriting the DC universe right now and one of the things he's written in um recently was a new form of um wait, wait, it may have been Tom King. It's one of those two. Sorry. Okay. I'm trying to remember it from messages ago. But he wrote in a new form of kryptonite that um <laughs> he actually gives a chunk to Bruce and it will give humans uh their powers oh okay mm. and bruce kind of locks it away like i don't think yeah. that's a great idea but yeah. i appreciate the gesture yeah it's his camera if it's camera if it's king or snyder but one of those two they're, okay. they're both great writers all right and this uh there's one particular power he broke he goes through everything he goes through his uh his flying which is this awesome uh electromagnetic explanation of why some can fly there's um uh, his resiliency his um even his, his laser vision it, his, even his breath, even the freeze breath, he goes through different kind of. Okay. Let's take science to the, you know, reductio ad absurdum version of it and <laughs> see what we get. And this one was maybe my favorite. Okay. He suggested, in this book, it's uh, Bruce is suggesting, that Clark has uh, plant-like cells and that they have cell walls. Okay. And that the cytoplasm is actually kind of a non-Newtonian fluid so you know i'm sure you know what it is but it's basically a fluid that reacts almost the exact opposite of normal fluid so it's
1: like a bose einstein uh condensate or something like that some quantum thing yeah okay. oh yeah
2: but it, but on, on a basic level when you grab this hand and okay i just i love this shit go ahead i love my buttons um <laughs> Well like on a on a human level, when you grab Clark Kent's hand and you shake his hand, you see that you're you're not agitating the fluid. You're not stressing it. I so oh, it feels oh, like oh, a hand. Oh, oh okay. Got it, got it. Like a super but fluid. But when you strike him. Yes. when you run a train into him, it reacts like a like a concrete. Gotcha. You could make a superfluid yeah.
1: in your own home. Oh yeah. It was like cornstarch and um yep. something. Cornstarch and water, I think. And water? Is it just water? Um, if you get it uh, to the right, uh, Scott, look that up, will you? Um, corn, cornstarch, and water super—I think they're called superfluids. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> when you uh, agitate it slowly with your finger, you can put it right through it. But if you hit it with your fist, it'll be uh, uh, um, like, um, as Jason said, it'll be like concrete. And um, that's a real thing. That's interesting. Of course, it depends on the version of Superman because there are some where he's godlike and completely invulnerable and then others where he can actually be harmed. And uh, that would be an interesting property for a body to have. Now, the question is, you have um, uh, gas in your uh, – I'm assuming Superman eats and that he has a GI tract. And that GI tract goes from his mouth to his anus, and at some point he has to excrete something, whatever it is that he excretes. And if there's any gas in there, of course, that's still compressible. So you could injure that even though this person uh, became a superfluid when you punched him. They would have uh, air-filled cavities in the body that would still be vulnerable to that increase in pressure because the pressure... Uh, uh, you know, doesn't just go away. You know, when you punch somebody that hard, you know, if you've got Doomsday punching you uh, with uh, some you know million pounds of uh, pressure per square inch, it, it doesn't just go away. That energy has to be transmitted somewhere, and if you've got hollow parts in your body, they're going to collapse and rupture and all that kind of stuff. And then the blood, of course. Um, still got to keep flowing. So if it turns into a superfluid, it's not going to flow. Presumably, Superman needs blood to go to his brain and all that kind of stuff. Now, you could just presume that someone like Superman looks like us, but inside they're just you know they're just a containment vessel for pure energy, and somehow it moves around and all that stuff. But then that begs the question: How does he have intercourse with Lois Lane and have a kid? Um, I, the biology has to be somewhat similar. There has to be something there. For the cannon to kind of
2: sit together. Yes. Now, I do like that you just proposed that basically Superman can be killed by a pre-fart. Right, right. Well, That's right. Yes. Yeah, a,
1: a, 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 like
2: that he needs to have a
1: gaseous, uh, a, 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 what did you call it, an ablution before he goes into battle or this could be harmful. Right. That's right. Yeah. He would have to clean out his, uh, his bowels completely prior to that. So he'd have to evacuate. So there could be this pre-battle ritual where he just, you know, shits whatever he would— he would excrete from his uh, colon to clear it out. But then, you know, you've still got the chambers of the heart. You've got all kinds of things that, that doesn't make sense. So I always sort of imagined that he was, um, uh, you know, a being of pure energy inside, except then that doesn't explain the whole red sun thing. So, you know, the re- you brought well, you up could a— use the sun and the metabolism thing to explain that he doesn't really need any explosions right. of any kind. That's right. He could actually be 100-something percent efficient. So he needs ultraviolet uh, uh, radiation that you get less of under a red sun, so he would be less powered. But um, Larry Nevin, if if you remember him, he's the guy that wrote Ringworld and wrote a lot of different uh, science fiction things back in the 70s and 80s. He wrote a... uh, uh, a thing called Woman, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. And I highly recommend that you read that because he was just talking. <laughs> you, you, you brought up reductio ad absurdum, which is, a um, you know, the whole idea that if you take an argument and you can reduce it to an absurdity, you can prove that the original premise was incorrect. Um, So, like, if you say 1 equals 2, you can do a reductio ad absurdum, or sometimes that's the answer. You know, where you uh, say the square root of 2 is a rational number, you can do some mathematical things, and you come out with an answer that is patently impossible, like 0 equals 1 or 1 equals 2. And you can say, well, when you reduce it to this absurdity, it proves that the original premise is incorrect. And, yeah. um, and then you can write R-A-A-Q-E-D at the bottom of the paper turned in and there you start go start drinking. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly. So, so... Uh Larry Niven kind of did that with Superman and said, you know, if he had sex with Lois Lane, first off, the throes of orgasm he would have to have, you know, super um, restraint as another one of his mm-hmm. powers to not just rip her to shreds when he uh, had an orgasm. And then, uh, if he actually ejaculated into Lois Lane, wouldn't his sperm cells um, also be superpowered and wouldn't they, you know, shoot? Uh, you know, fly through her body instantly, killing her, and fly around looking for eggs that they could fertilize in other women. You know, and and uh, so th- this is <laughs> the problem with the whole superhero thing, which tells you why certain powers would never, we would never see on this world. Because if you think about them um, it, to any detail, it, you do get to this reductio ad absurdum where it's just impossible. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, it's it, fun it, to think about. I just let it, it, just let it go. You know, it, if we try to analyze this stuff, we'll never get anywhere. But it is fun to, to do it. I really do want to read that book. No, you have to have suspension of disbelief if this doesn't work. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right, let me, all right, let's do uh, one last
2: question where okay. we completely suspend disbelief. Okay. Let's take Batman,
1: who uh, famously has no powers whatsoever. Right. That's part of his charm. Um, Except just, super detective abilities, which we've never seen in the movies, right, but apparently yeah. we're going so, to in this next apparently one. we're going to when matt
2: Reeves gets through with him, but we'll yep. see okay um I mean the closest shot you get is Keaton with his glasses on in the back but yep
1: yeah. yep yep yep
2: we're gonna uh we're gonna assume we're gonna take the like the just entropy out of this thing we're gonna assume that all of his gadgets worked correctly for the course of his uh batmaning right we're going we're gonna assume that he didn't just that human error didn't occur that he is the pinnacle of, of human. He's the apex man. So we're going to assume that he didn't just misjudge a rooftop one night and fall to his death. Right. Yeah. That his uh, r- grappling hook didn't uh, not catch on a, on a gravelly rooftop where a you know, maintenance guy left a bucket where he shouldn't have or some shit sure. like that. We're going to assume everything went smoothly Right. and that he, he started around uh, Dave. I, I estimate your ones about age 23. What do you think?
1: Yeah. uh Oh, we lose Dave. I think
2: we lost Dave. Um, No, he's messaged me. I think he's gone. All right, we're going to assume that you're around age twenty-three was where Batman, you know, finally has the costume. He's finally got the idea in mind. He's well trained. He hits the streets. This is when his Batmaning truly begins. Yep. He's got to go down at some point. Something's going to take him out. Yep. What is the physical injury what would he be able to go to the Justice League with with like a worker 's comp claim? <laughs> what is
1: the thing that finally takes out Batman yeah it 's deceleration How long do you think he makes it 's deceleration every time you know you they sho- they show these guys jumping from um, you know the top of a skyscraper and then somehow landing on the ground um, you know i I see this every time I read a comic you know they 're jumping into. Uh, some building and going through the skylight and then landing on the ground. Even if they break their fall using a, you know, a a, a, a bata whip or whatever he would use, right. some some grappling thing, the d- amount of deceleration would rip his arms out of the shoulders. I don't care how strong he is. If you mm-hmm. if you fall ten feet, there's a uh, finite chance, and it's it's not only non-zero but it's non-trivial that you'll die and uh you know so so that's the thing it's deceleration every time and when i saw him take that hit in justice league from superman and it, he smashed into that um um uh that van mm-hmm. the uh, the deceleration would have been so well the acceleration from the punch and the deceleration from hitting the van no matter how awesome that suit was, if it was superfluidic or had some sort of protection in there, his body inside is still subject to those uh, those g forces, and that would have killed him instantly. <laughs> so you think the brain's still hitting the inside of that cranium? Oh yeah, become... of course. It's just sloshing around in there, and, and yeah. we, we'll <laughs> it's just chilling. We'll see uh, people who hit their head from a ground level fall. Okay, ground level fall meaning they were standing and they fell not falling mm-hmm. off of a, of a platform or anything. And they'll get a concussion or they may break their skull or get an intracranial bleed. Uh, or at the very least, they'll get what's called a contra-coup um, uh, injury, which means that the actual bruise in the brain is on the opposite side of what they hit. And that comes from the brain sloshing around in there. Right. So we always have to posit that these guys somehow have super healing power or none of it works. You know. Oh yeah. Okay. So,
2: anyway. so you're saying uh, deceleration and age 23 is when he also ends his Batman <laughs> right. career. He dies at age 23, exactly right. Nice. <laughs> or is at least comatose or brain damage yep. beyond any state of Batmaning That's why, because okay.
0: look,
1: there are other people. There are people in this world. Let's take John Cena just as an example. <clears throat> He's mm-hmm. in as good a shape as Batman probably. Ever was he may not have the uh, martial arts and didn't have the training from the league of assassins but he could gain that yeah he's within he'd fit the suit so and and there are other people we could name other people like him so yeah. there are enough people in this world that could be batman but where are they there aren't any and it's because they just get their asses kicked or they get shot, or they, you know, they, it just doesn't work. They can't actually produce batterings that hit exactly the end
2: of a gun barrel at the right moment. Exactly.
1: Um, which, by the way, the Batarang in uh, the finale, we can talk about. You guys talked about the finale of uh, Gotham at at, yeah. at length on your show. But yeah. when the, the I'll just call him the Joker, when the Joker got um, hit with the Batarang and his hand and he looked at it and just had that maniacal laughter. That oh, he was, was so happy. Pure Batman. That made the whole episode for me. I didn't care if the rest of it made no sense. That was beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The last few episodes were uh they they try to do too much too fast. Yeah, but that's they right. um but man, they that, that, that moment was fantastic. That
1: moment was I'll never forget that. It was a great Joker moment. I loved it. It was it was it was pure joy. Absolute <laughs> pure joy on his face. he could not have been happier to have this injury. It was wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so is Oh by the way,
2: yeah, go talking ahead. Talking about falling from like uh from literally standing. Yep. Th- this cost me a vacation one time because we were about to me and the wife were about to go to Mexico and I get a call from her. Saying, like, hey, uh, you know, what what are you you doing? I'm like, what's wrong? So I fell, and I think I broke my foot. So, what would you fall from? She said, well, we were walking, and I fell, and I think I broke my foot. I said, can you, I mean, are you okay? She said, yeah, I'm going to the doctor. I said, okay, can I ask you one quick question? Yeah. How did you fall and break the thing closest to the ground? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I
1: don't, how does that work? I don't know. It's, um, you know i um I broke my foot just walking on the beach because i 'm old and I was walking in sandals and they didn 't have any arch support, and I got a stress fracture, so a lot of times people uh, got a stress yeah. fracture um, it, it, Have you ever um, accidentally walked off a curb and didn 't know it was there? oh yeah, and that jolt that you get That's when a your reflex body test right there yeah, when your body isn 't uh, ready for it, even just that you know three or four inches can be enough to cause pain in your head, pain in your neck. Uh, we we have to be ready for these things. The brain is an incredible thing. And uh, oh, it's, when it, it's amazing how fast the adrenaline response kicks in. For absolutely, some absolutely. And I'm it's just absurd. talking two or three inches, much less you know a step like a six inch step or something like that. You can really hurt yourself. So, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Well, I hate we lost David. We lost Doctor Scott too because, like I said, he hates this shit. So, <laughs> oh well, he'll be back. I I'm, did
2: get a, uh, a, a an explanation from David. His uh, the power at his house has gone out.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that would mm-hmm. explain it okay that, that'll do it well i just want to make sure we, i didn't piss him off with uh, uh intimating that he'd never had intercourse so no, no he's, <laughs> well listen uh
2: he's at peace with both his image and his actual <laughs> amount of intercourse
1: okay good 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 i'm glad uh, uh you guys um have my uh number one uh, favorite podcast of course i'm a Thank big you. fan of dc so dc on screen podcast you guys got anything else that you want to plug
2: no, no. You, are, you already talked about our Patreon. We really appreciate that. The um, the podcast itself is available free. Every week, you know, we cover news. We cover. We're about to do a bunch of the finales. So if you do watch the CW stuff, it's May. Everything's ending. So we're about yeah. to be, It's finale month. Yeah. And we always cover. Uh, we always do a, a review of the season. So we're gonna have that coming up. And um, and, you know, Uh-oh. a few weeks later, we'll finally get
1: back to news. Hey, Jason, hang on a second. My wife has called me twice. Oh no. So this, she never does that unless there's a reason. Hey, are uh, okay. you okay? Yeah, are you okay? We're recording. Do I need a check to pay her? Oh. Yeah, have you already left? I
0: can
1: swing that bar. No, it's it's okay. Um let me um let, let me text her in just a second. Okay. We're we're just wrapping this show up. Okay, and I'll see if I can pay her. Oh Jesus, she's mad. That's is <laughs> that my fault? that she didn't bring a check with her I, I, I'm the asshole okay <laughs> anyway. just make it your fault to be saved yeah, there you go exactly you, you're married you know how that is So. Um, yeah, you well, can handle it you can absorb that it'll be alright you hear the music I guess this is a good cue for us to get out of this episode and uh, we'll uh, uh, I'd like to do this again probably once yeah. a year oh sounds great we'll still be around And oh here she is again wait a minute uh oh Hold on, we might as well play this out live. Hello. Please? Yeah. Do you need me to run by the house? Um, I'm going to uh, uh, text her and just see if it's okay if I pay her next time. Well, I'm on my way. I'll be home in like three minutes. I'll have Liam run upstairs and okay. check. you got it. Okay, thanks. Sorry. Okay, sorry you forgot to bring money, but I'll take the hit for it. Okay, all right. Hey, Jason uh, Goss and uh, David C. Robertson, thank you. With us in spirit. Yeah, thank you very much for being on the show today and letting me do a geek show. Um, And um, if you guys um, ever need anything, give me a call. I'd love to be on your show again. I really enjoyed that.
2: No, we'll definitely have you back. And, um,
1: yeah, it's been great kind of having this friendship that we've sort of Figured out over the years too. I've enjoyed it. I really have. Yeah, me too. All right, take it easy. Let me uh, let me get here. We uh, you all check out stuff.drsteve.com That's stuff.drsteve.com for anybody who's. Still listening. Uh, Tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID for the best uh, uh, earbuds for the price on the market. And go to simplyherbals.net. That's Dr. Scott's website. Or reward him for me putting him through a geek show today. Uh, If you want to lose weight with me, I'm down to my ideal body weight. Finally, uh, first time since college, noom.drsteve.com. That's N-O-O-M.drsteve.com. Get 20% off. And uh, and uh, two free weeks so you can try it out. And uh, don't forget, if you want to uh, subscribe to the show, go to premium.drsteve.com. I'm not cool enough to have a Patreon. But uh, premium.drsteve.com. Now, next show, we're going to be doing nothing but phone calls. And uh, we've got a ton of uh, medical questions to do. I've got a bunch for Dr. Scott in here, too. And I'm also going to uh, preview the new... Um, Uh, loop synthesizer from phonicbloom.com we're going to do tit weight, sleep after sex and meat sweats next week. Uh, Listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel, Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 8pm Eastern, Sunday at 5pm Eastern on demand and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure and many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Uh, Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking can get off your asses and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.